0: Hello and welcome to When Will It End. Come on in. Take a seat. Stay a while. Today on the show, we continue our inquest into the American Pie cinematic universe, though I must note, on IMDb, this is referenced as a video because, yes, we've entered the long, long, I'm going to describe it as a gulch of straight-to-video American Pie movies.
1: That's a good word for it. I can't see your face.
0: Well, it's hard because I don't have, I'm not in the comfort of my own home. I record this in my office at work. And my lighting situation is I'm a bit no, beholden okay. you're, to the, do you to see the where fluorescent you're, god. Your is that better?
1: Well, I can only see like, there we go. Like you always point at like half your face.
0: Well, okay. Can we just maybe uh, for the sake of the podcast, suck up this element of it? I can see your smiling little face, your little.
1: My hair's looking great today.
0: You're kind of like the coos of the of the of the team.
1: <laughs> By the way, <laughs> thank
0: you. Um, I just want to go ahead. I don't. I am not pompous enough to assume people watch all of the movies that we do for this show. And frequently, I would say that's good on you.
1: Good on you. This I'm...
0: time, I would say you shouldn't watch this. Ugh. You shouldn't know who the coos is. <laughs> No! It's, it's bad
1: to know that. It's bad to know who the Coos is. I. We're, of course... That's a shirt, right? We should make some... We, we promised shirts. We will make shirts. That's a good one. The Jaws one, I think, is still my favorite. I do want to make that shirt. Hey, dream big. Um, we're, of course, doing American Pie Presents, colon, The Naked Mile. And last week, we, we did cheat a little bit to see what was coming up, but we did have to guess as to what The Naked Mile was, and you guessed... It's a race that lasts a mile where everyone's naked. And I said, probably not, but that's a funny guess. And hey, who knows? We'll see what happens. It was, in fact, a race where everyone was naked for a mile.
0: Well, I can't, for the life of me, figure out what you think the
1: alternative would be. I just thought it was like a metaphor or like, I don't know. You think there was
0: like a a big descent into like a Fellini-esque metatextual commentary on reality?
1: I, I should have seen it coming because so far it's been... American Pie Presents Bandcamp, which literally took place at Bandcamp. And the next one's American Pie Presents The Book of Love, which I'm sure is literally going to be about a book called The Book of Love. So, yeah. Well, we've uh,
0: seen The Book of Love repeatedly throughout the series. Exactly. If your atrophied mind could hold on to important details like that. I also want to point out that American Pie, uh, American Wedding, rather, excuse me, that also kind of puts the, they don't bury the lead at all with that. Right. You know what you're getting.
1: And then the second one. I mean, right,
0: which to be fair is the second American Pie movie. So, so in, in a lot of ways, as well, that's a very literal title. Yeah, so nothing has nothing has led you astray other than your own hubris, I would argue.
1: And it usually does, but I stick to it. And uh, I mean, I don't know, fucking, I'll take the consequences. Like in this case, the consequences are pretty dire, but I'm t- I'm I'm taking them in stride.
0: Well, actually, I also want to correct you. The next movie is Beta House, and we've actually already seen Beta House, so. Again, I I would be very surprised if Beta House is a conceptual experience or if we're going to stick around these very, very charming frat guys for yet another movie, which seems unthinkable right now after getting through this
1: piece of shit. Do you think that uh, maybe Herzog (sighs) took over and Beta House will become more than just a Beta House? Beta House
0: is an experience of cultural violence, we are all struggling in the Freudian sex pit of murder and rape. And then these college students in the quest to see the naked female breast. Okay, that's enough of uh, Herzog 4. No! Come on, I was just getting started. I think it was going poorly. Um, This is a very, very, very bad movie. I found this, this is the first time, look, 4 was grating, but had a lot of fascinating questions raised. And I would say as much as I found Matt Stifler and Tad Hinkleberry's performance as him to be cartoonish and at times deeply upsetting, he at least evoked something in me. Oh yeah. And this movie felt like just like body blow after body blow of like vicious bigotry and misogyny. And it just was exhausting. Like it wasn't fun to watch this one. I I think I, I felt fatigued. I actually found out that for some of the movie, you can just listen to it as an audio play while you do other things like play browser games.
1: The sad thing for me is I'm going to mildly disagree with you is that for maybe like 20 minutes, this became my favorite American pie movie.
0: I don't understand you.
1: I know, but that's what the point of this show is all about. It's about understanding each other, Josh, because as you live your own life and you have, you know, your own ideas that pop into your head, I have a separate brain with separate ideas. And this, this is a journey where we go together, where you speak your thing, and then I say my thing, and, and we sort of meet in the middle sometimes, we understand each other. We might not agree, but at least we come to an understanding.
0: I couldn't agree more. And of course, in some scenes that are reshot for the R-rated version, uh, the locker scene, uh, one of the ladies is wearing a bra and panties and is not naked.
1: Wait, which, which one did you watch? I actually watched the R. I couldn't find the unrated, so I had to fucking live like a I don't know, like a Christian like a dog. father. Yeah, like a Christian dog.
0: A Christian, a deeply moral canine. Uh I don't know. I watched whatever the the by the way, I want to I'm going to officially submit a, some receipts to the company for the first time. I would like $4 worth of the Patreon money back for renting this cuz this was this was work. They say if you get a job you love. Uh-huh. Never work a day in your life. That's bullshit. But uh, specifically this was taxing.
1: Okay, so I'm going to explain it to you why the first half hour of this movie was my favorite American Pie movie. Well, okay. I just, All I can see is your eye, by the way. All I can see is- That's what's it, important. I can your, Half your face is off screen. Your mouth is covered up by your pop guard. And there's just one staring eye, like the eye of Sauron. Well, in it's a way- It's very small. It's much smaller than Sauron's.
0: I think we should consider it the eye of Noah Levenstein, aka Jim's dad, because uh, he is an omnipotent deity in this universe. And I, we're gonna get to this. We will definitely I now talk believe about it. that Jim's dad is an immortal soul who, in a Marvel watcher style, cosmic observer of events, you know, only intercedes into the storyline to make, you know, crucial nudges to direct this continuality into whatever path he's chosen for it he controls everything in this universe and is, we'll get into it later yeah
1: he's like some Lovecraftian well not yeah he's like a well, god no I, I don't agree yeah no he, he
0: Lovecraft's world the gods are are uncaring and, and Jim's dad Noah Levenstein he's really invested in shaping the universe of the pie
1: he only is like a Lovecraftian god and that he's aeons old and probably lives in some space castle. And is but every other way, he is a caring God, a beautiful God, a God that is. Re- I know, I can't even come up with some sort of relationship because every God, and whether it's the Bible or literature, they're usually uncaring and unkind. And Jim here is like the first cultural example of a beautiful God.
0: Right. I think what this movie, though it is depressing, filled with unbelievable amounts of just vile, uh, hateful shit. Uh, it does bring us for once the adoring warmth of a Godhead who is truly the father to us all and will hold us to his bosom as we seek redemption in his loving gaze. And by that, I mean Jim's dad played by Eugene Levy. Yeah, uh, that's just to be clear.
1: The, the opening scene is, I think, not only I've complained before how for teen sex comedies, there is almost no sex in them. And I'm sort of liking this straight-to-DVD as being a little more adventurous and showing cum, showing kids actually, like, like the drive. The the earlier ones are about, like, sort of losers figuring out how to become sexual. And these at least sort of are a little bit more just let's-go-get-it sort of attitude, which I admire. But this one eventually goes to a very dark place. But I like that he kills his grandmother with his own cum. I thought that was very funny
0: uh Gaspar Noe was directing this movie for the first half hour and then was pulled after some disagreements with Adam Hertz the screenwriter of the original trilogy about his interpretation of the characters in in the original script as written by Noe many people are killed by ejaculate
1: I mean it's it's And it
0: was and it was in reverse but uh No it's it's maybe the most uh upsetting and intense opening to a movie I've seen in a long time I
1: and I, I guess to, I didn't expect that right, at all. And to watch one, two, and three and sort of just like know exactly what I was going to get and sort of have fun along the way. I, I, I honestly, if you'd given me a thousand guesses, I would never have guessed that the straight to DVD second sequel to American Pie would have the main hero of his film kill his grandmother accidentally by coming on her
0: well and then that's that that's like the bedrock of humor for much of the movie that is called back as a cute aside over and over and over again and you know just to be very clear the movie opens with such a fuck you it's it's not funny it's just this like unbelievably savage like if the if the tone of the movie was actually manic and wild and full Zucker brothers mm-hmm. and, and and actually had a joke land at any point in the movie oh, come maybe on. that it does none of it work The sandwich maybe, joke was funny. I like the running chicken sandwich thing, but that's that's sort of more like a cute oddity than it is like funny. Well,
1: it's a joke and it landed. I will hopefully get you to retract that previous statement where you said that okay. none of the you jokes landed. I'll,
0: I'll, why wait? I'll retract it right now. There's one bit that works and that is that apparently people like Eric Stifler's mom's chicken salad sandwiches and it's like weirdly the most innocuous benign joke and ever. it's the
1: funniest joke then, in the movie.
0: Right. And then then that, that's next that we watch his grandmother perish from the shock of her grandson shooting a load on her and then that is repeatedly brought up to Laugh at, like i thought i thought i was tripping for a minute but like right none of the rest of the movie gets to that level no that's the it, it just stands out as this like garish completely distracting nightmare scenario
1: i think and also the the opening has so he pretends to be sick so he can jack off to porn while his parents are going out to brunch with grandma and he waits for the to leave he gets his favorite porn VHS from his hiding hole. Well, he
0: he pops it out of a secret compartment in his dresser, which is pretty cool.
1: Pretty nice. Yeah, I learned a thing or two. I wish I'd known about that back when I was a boy. Um, and the porn itself was strange. It's all above the waist, and it's just it's like specifically timed for this one scene.
0: Well, hold on. I want to. I want to get to that. This movie is terrified of penises.
1: It's ter- no. We're gonna get. I want to pause because i do want to talk penises i know the scene you're thinking about and i do want to talk about penises and i want to get to that scene because i just want to i want to sort of listeners probably never watch this movie and i'd hope they don't because it is a it's fucking like love guru bad maybe even worse oh
0: for sure um no love guru stands alone i think as truly easily the worst movie i've ever seen bar none like objectively by that definition. This is merely a terrible 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 movie.
1: But sort of riding off of what I really liked about the the first standalone sequel, I was hoping for a similar energy. I love Tad. Tad fucking ruled and he brought to the Stifler like I thought he's I know we disagree, but Tad is my favorite Stifler. And I really like that the people that make these these spin-off movies are like very obsessed with the Stifler household because they are an enigma. We sort of understand Jim, We understand Oz. We understand every other character. And the Stiflers are a strange clan.
0: In a lot of ways, we've entered the Stifler-verse. Right. It's becoming overwhelmingly apparent. We thought this was about Jim's dad initially being like, oh, that's funny. Eugene Levy is in all eight of these movies. But now we're realizing this is really about the Stifler family. And to that end, we finally meet a male Stifler role model.
1: It was ecstatic. The first scene. Eric's
0: dad... Played by Shooter McGavin.
1: Oh wow, he he looked like a shooter.
0: No, 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 god damn it! Have you seen Billy Madison?
1: No, I haven't seen it. What? No, man, I know. I've I've really only seen you know,
0: Jesus Christ.
1: I watched uh, Happy Gilmore.
0: Sorry, Happy Happy Madison. Excuse me.
1: What's Happy Madison?
0: Happy Gilmore. Holy shit! I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my fucking. Mind. I have seen Happy. I've lost Gilmore. my mind. Okay, in Happy Gilmore, he plays Shooter McGavin. That is his association.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I, I really want
0: to apologize to Adam Sandler. That was awful. Yeah. You know. What about me? No, nah, you're fine. Okay. People talk about what it means when we thoughtlessly speak. And that, to me, I've I've offended myself with that lapse. I, it took me a long walk to get there. I'm sorry, Adam.
1: Do you want to apologize to yourself? You've never done that before, and maybe it's time.
0: Josh, I want to apologize to you. You're hard on yourself. Yeah, did you offend Adam Sandler,
1: the greatest living Jew?
0: Yeah, but you know what? You're an okay Jew, too.
1: No, yeah, that was sure. It's so am. nice to be a part of.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, and Mr. Stifler, Eric's dad, is a horrible man.
1: He's a fucking wretched, obnoxious, uncaring. Like, you texted me about this, and this is the first time we've ever seen. Like, some of the parents are sort of aloof, but almost all the parents' roles in these movies have been caring and doing it in a sort of funny bad way but you can tell that they love their children and this is the first example of a real fucking piece of shit family and it happened other dad what his girlfriend's dad is also like tracy's
0: dad is also like an alcoholic nightmare man (laughs) who when he thinks that there's someone in his house he immediately tries to beat them to death with a golf club
1: yeah it sucks and so i think the football scene which i i want to talk about very briefly but we'll get there no no the football scene is where i just totally lost like this movie sucks
0: We got to stay on The Dads because I got more shit on The Dads. But I'm saying The
1: Dads was the first moment where I could sense that I was starting to really hate this movie because of how... Like, Tad as Matt Stifler, I think, still embodied the Stifler aura and the American Pie aura. Like, it's about all these kids have had, whether they've been sex criminals like Jim and, and Matt or whether they're just sort of not sure what to do like Kevin and Oz... Those All five of those movies fit together, and this is the first time where I'm not really feeling any connection to the previous films, and it's just in terms of tone.
0: Well, part of it is that the the, the central performance, the uh, fascinatingly named John White, who plays Eric Stifler, is a, a really genuinely uninteresting man. He, he as uh, the newest Stifler, the whole thing is like he goes against the, the Stifler grain. He's actually a sensitive, nice guy, but... It's kind of hard to give a shit because he's so fucking boring. Who fucking cares? And then like I think what's really upsetting is that, you know, getting back to the Stifler family, at one point the the benevolent god, Jim's dad, tells Eric, oh, yeah, your dad, he is like a sociopathic violent man who used to humiliate and attack me. But you know what? I can even forgive that as a gracious overlord of this existence. I even forgive your father for his
1: sociopathic nightmarish behavior it's a very strange take it's like this so this is directed by the guy who did uh george lucas in love did you watch that
0: no never did what's the story there my friend
1: so that's like a old i think it was from the 90s it was like a a spoof on shakespeare in love about george lucas and you know he's has writer's block he's trying to figure out what to write about and then it's like all of his friends are just like all the characters in star Wars. And then he has like a teacher that's just like Yoda. And he falls in love with this woman who helps him write star Wars. And then she turns out to be his sister. And it's like really shitty, like Hollywood darling movie that really like he just released it for free to Hollywood just so he could get a job. And it basically worked sort of because he ended up making shit like this, but he was like a strange, like he had a moment where he just combined two cult like pop culture things, and it really worked.
0: And you would say this is not as successful.
1: <laughs> well, I just find it really interesting that, like, what a career to, like, a pretty benign, just sort of, like, normal bullshit thing. And then, like, the way the Holly weird system just, like, fucking wears you down. And it's like, all right, kid, you're famous. Well, here, fucking, what, cut your teeth on American Pie Presents the Naked Mile. And it probably ruined him. But there's so many ways he could have done
0: so much better. We're like, let's look at a couple key moments of, of attempted comedy in the movie that completely fall flat. Now, Tracy is the girlfriend of Eric. They're both virgins. Uh, she is given just a. She, Tracy seems beaten down by both her awful friends, awful parent. And terrible boyfriend. I feel awful for Tracy. She is the closest to an innocent we can get in this movie, and her life is just awful. Her friends are the worst because her friends are like, well, because your boyfriend kissed that lady on the news, you've got to go fuck that really sexually aggressive man. Anyways, so uh, they're going to fuck. Yada, yada, yada. Doesn't go great. He's hiding in the dryer for home. And by the way, no adult man can fit into a dryer. It doesn't work like that. And then he shits in the dryer.
1: I could, I could fit into a dryer. I could fit into a dryer.
0: You say that, but I don't think you really. I do.
1: got one right there, Josh. I could do this on camera if you want to see this. I could do it right now. I tell you what, after the record, now the- we'll try it out. Okay, all right. Do you want to? Can you bring the mic with you? Can we get that on mic? I think so. Okay. Well, let me do you want to do it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let me just say my bit first. Okay. Okay.
1: Finish your thought.
0: My thought is this: Th- they have Eric Stifler shit in the dryer, much to the dismay of Tracy's father. They don't set up that he has to shit. They don't, there's like farting, so, but that's it. <laughs> they don't show us the shit. They don't like, there's no setup to it other than he farts twice or something. And then he's shit. And like, it, it's just like a very lazy bit when it could have been like dress it up a little bit. Well, what if he ran out of the dryer shitting all over the house? That's visually funny. Like it's a total missed opportunity. I feel like other directors would have taken advantage of that. And then later in the movie, you know, when, when the car he's driving back to, you know, in the, Oh, I gotta be with Stacy. The car just runs out of gas. That's that's how they interrupt his hero's return to save the day is the car runs out of gas. They couldn't think of anything.
1: Anything. Like smoke the, a smoking was, hood where he pops a hood and all the smoke comes out and he goes, Oh, fuck.
0: Or maybe he, I don't know, based on this this movie's tone, maybe he runs over like eight homeless people and goes, Oh no, my boner. Like they could have done anything there. And they just don't. And I'm just like you watch it, and you're like, there are just to make this to bring this up from an F to a D minus would have required so little. Yeah, and, and it's just a. Compl- I don't even understand. Again, four I had issues with, but we had Oscar, we had oboe fucking. There were things that we could really connect with, and this movie has literally even the centerpiece isn't funny. They run a naked mile, and some hijinks occur along the way. I want we'll to. I want to
1: devote a good chunk of this movie to the football scene through the end of the naked mile, because that is the fucking, that is like 40 minutes of this movie. And it is supposed to be, I don't know. I've never seen like old school or any of these like college movies that are supposed to be funny. And they all seem to have just like hijinks that are supposed to be hilarious. This was a complete failure.
0: When people talk about heteronormativity, and the nightmare of, like, a monoculture. This movie makes college life, as depicted in the National Lampoon movies of yore, look like the most hellish nightmare conceivable, filled with just misery and and spiritual emptiness on a level that, like, uh, staggers even me. But, but quickly, let's see if we can fit you into that dryer.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm going to bring everything with me.
0: Okay. So – right. I'll provide. uh, I'll read some reviews while you get set. Writing in DVD Talk, Scott Weinberg criticized the acting, directing, and screenplay, declaring that "quote The Naked Miles" one of the lamest, laziest, and most shockingly amateurish comedies I've ever seen." And that's Scott Weinberg of DVD Talk. He is okay. So Charles is now. He's up from his desk. I'm getting a lot of your torso right now. I'm gonna put the
1: mic down. Can you see the dryer? I this can see the dryer. A, this is a really good angle. This is a really good. This whoop. is a
0: great angle. Oh, unless you oh, drop the camera on. I got to put the mic down.
1: Hold on. Yeah. All
0: right. All
1: right. Now let's see. That's pretty good. Got to tighten Here we thing. go. He is getting set, people. Okay. This might be tricky holding the mic, um, but let's see what happens. So this is the dryer. Looks a little small. Do you want to be recording? Can you record this? Well, you're the one holding the mic
0: in that room.
1: I know. I so mean... I can't
0: record this. I'm looking into my recording device. For right. Can you record... Fa-
1: I don't know how to record Facebook Messenger. Don't... It's fine. We'll, okay. We'll All worry right. about that later. If you I'm can actually have-
0: make it in, I'll be... I'll screen cap okay. it. If Okay. He's dropped the camera again. This bit is soaring. All right.
1: And he's dropped it a third time or fourth. Who can count? Okay. I'm going to have to put everything down. I'm taking the cans off. Putting the mic down, I'm going in.
0: Okay, just try to get some tape of you uh, clambering. Okay, okay.
1: well I'll try to I'll, I'll try to bring the mic as far in as I possibly can. But you know, yeah, yeah please do. Daring shit. All right, this here is
0: the the daring young man on the flying trapeze. You've heard that. This is all right. So
1: I'm, I'm going to try to go feet first. I think. I think okay, that's he can't what, hear me. Going to be the strategy here.
0: Okay, Charles can't hear me, so he'll just be sort of blathering. He go. got one in leg. He goes. In. He's got his left foot. Hmm. His left right. leg. I gotta in. put this
1: down, man. I'm sorry.
0: Okay. He's putting the mic down. That's okay. All right. He can't fit all of it in. Uh, okay, dropped go the down. whole recording setup, so I can't see again. Uh, Charles, this is bad. What you've done? Uh, Wait okay, then. this is He's getting. Be wor- it's going to be worth it. It, it. Maybe put a fucking thing behind the goddamn camera, Charles. It's on
1: a tripod, but it's
0: not... Maybe the tripod isn't fucking working if it there keeps falling over.
1: Okay. It's, it's working. It's fine. Well. It's fine.
0: All right. Once again, he is mounting the dryer. Left leg in. Yep. Okay. He's... Interesting Interesting move there. Tried to lean in with his head. It didn't work. Now he's trying to get his hips in. Going in backwards, I think my hypothesis stands. Okay, now he's putting both his feet in first. Now he's lowered in his hips. He's drawing in his torso. There's not going to be enough room, I don't think. Nope. See, he's getting his arms and shoulder blades. Oh, shit. Hold on. Wow, he's sort of twisted in. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He did it. Oh, my God.
1: No, stop, stop, stop. Charles,
0: stop. No, stop. Idiot. stop no Charles I didn't get the screenshot you didn't do it Charles you I didn't get the screenshot you were there for like three seconds all right I'm going should I go back in yes we didn't get the content get back in there <laughs> okay get your I have, a good, I have a good strategy now I have okay, to take let's the, see it again
1: the headphones off so I can't hear you
0: I understand uh, trust me the uh, quality is noted uh, by listeners already. Okay, here we go. Do it again. All right, here we go. Do it again, and this time just think. All right, so the strategy, if anyone. Oh, fuck. Fuck. Okay, the camera fell over again. Fucking thing fell down. This might be our best episode.
1: Okay, that's good.
0: Okay, once again, the camera has been remounted. So for
1: everyone at home, if you are trying to do this as well, you go
0: Hold on, stop, 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 stop. We are not recommending people climb into their dryers. That's not the policy of the podcast. Okay, so he is putting his little feet in, his little legs in afterward. Um, Now, Charles has done yoga extensively in his life, so uh, he has some background in twisting his body and contorting it into funny shapes. Okay, so he's not all the way in. Now he's getting... Okay, just grunted into the mic there. Okay. Now Charles is absolutely get your head in. Get your head in. Get your head in. No, stop. Get your head in. Yeah, there we go. There it is. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Stop, 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 stop. Stop, stop. One sec. God damn it. No. Oh, my God. That's it. That's the money shot. No, yeah, stop, yeah. stop, stop, stop. No. no. Back in. Back in. Close it. Okay, we got it. We're good. All right. Thumbs up. All right, I stand corrected. I want to apologize to the creators of American Pie Presents, colon, The Naked Mile. As Charles has proven, he can fit all 110 pounds of himself into that dryer. Wow. Joe Nussbaum, you are, in many ways, a visionary. Now, let me ask you this, Charles. Yeah. We've established that you could get into the whole dryer, which is amazing. Uh, by the way, I estimated your body weight at 110.
1: Uh, pretty close.
0: Okay. Uh, could you also have theoretically taken a shit in that dryer without, you know, really making a mess of yourself?
1: Well, I mean, well, I got to get back in my desk here. But, yeah, I mean, if I were naked, which he was naked, he'd just been about to fuck. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I could have shit in there.
0: Wow. Well, that solves that problem. Okay, moving on. Now, the central thrust of this movie is that Eric Stifler, once again, just has the worst, most generic, awful friends who are nightmare people. We've got the Coos, who sucks ass and is terrible, and Ryan, a guy so bland, he makes Kevin look like the fucking Joker. Um, And they're like, you fucking pussy. You can't graduate high school a virgin because your dank-ass bitch girlfriend won't give up that hole." And he's like, oh, no, Tracy, I'm so mad at you. I got to get that hole before I graduate. Uh, And so she gives him a guilt-free pass.
1: Hell, yes.
0: the Naked Mile weekend, which, of course, is a college event where people run naked for one mile. And his other Stifler cousin, Dwight, is the king of the Naked Mile and seemingly a semi-functional alcoholic who lacks – any charm or charisma and is what I would describe as a D rate Ryan Reynolds. And I don't like Ryan Reynolds.
1: I actually sort of liked him, but I also sort of like Ryan Reynolds and I didn't really put that together until just now, but he was, that was the last moment of when I thought this movie might've been good because I thought he was a great stifler. I thought he's, if we're going to continue the family line and sort of meet new stiflers, I, I liked the Dwight. Dwight. I thought it was Dwight.
0: I will say the, 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 the full cast listing on the IMDb page is really confusing.
1: Yeah, it's Dwight Stifler.
0: Because High School Blonde and High School Brunette, who I believe are Tracy's friends, they're not even given names, are both listed well above Dwight, which makes no sense to me. Where is he on this fucking list? Listeners, Whatever.
1: I don't understand this either. If you know the secret to the IMDb listing, the the way it's- I think it's...
0: it's the star meter influences it. Weird. But it's Steve Talley as Dwight Stifler. And it looks like he'll be coming back for Beta House. So we can look forward to that.
1: Yeah, because last episode, I got fucking... I destroyed myself by choosing... First, I misnamed my MVP, which was unforgivable. But then I thought he was uncredited because IMDb didn't have him in his credits list. And then you have to like go through the entire thing at the very bottom. It says, this guy as Oscar, uncredited. But apparently, it's probably not even true.
0: Remember how a moment ago I said Steve Talley is a rate Ryan Reynolds?
1: Is he related to Ryan Reynolds?
0: Steve Talley is in National Lampoon's Van Wilder, colon, freshman year, the third Van Wilder movie.
1: Oh my God. So it's like the ghost of, or the baby's ghost of Ryan Reynolds.
0: It's like if Ryan Reynolds licked a bag once and there was like a memory of a dream of that bag in someone's dying mind, you'd get Steve Talley. There was a memory
1: of a dream of Ryan Reynolds in a bag-
0: in a way we all live in a collective illusion and van wilder is the hypothesis of okay uh, look at the van wilder freshman year unrated dvd cover on the on the wikipedia page it is the most horrific depiction of a female body i've ever seen
1: <laughs> wait i couldn't tell which way it was facing at first
0: i know it's very odd it's really unsettling i believe that is the rear end of someone that we're looking at but it looks like it, it's terrifying it's oh, so
1: photoshopped that It it looks looks like like hot dogs. (laughs) It looked like it was CGI to begin with, and then...
0: Someone photocopied the CGI and then scanned that back into Wikipedia.
1: What they have to invent... Josh, I got this great idea. For the unrated DVD cover, you know, they always put unrated on something that you want to see under, you know? Mm -hmm. Like covering up a butt, and you're like, what's under there? Maybe it's a butt. Or under some titties. And you just see like a, a rectangle over a woman's chest. You're like, fuck, man. Maybe there's some titties under that rectangle. Wow. What they have to invent. And I think this is the closest I've ever seen is a person whose top half and bottom, fuck, wait, front front of the top is mixed with the back of the bottom. And then you could have two unrateds, one on the butt and one on the boobs.
0: so what do you think the net impact of that would be
1: well you could just put unrated twice on the on the dvd on the dvd cover
0: okay well uh you heard it here imagine having the word unrated in two different places on a dvd thanks charles so we get to the college where uh dwight stifler is king of beta house and beta house is of course just a Oh, just a wild bacchanal of, of uh, mindless women and, and the most horrifying men you've ever imagined, just constantly pounding alcohol. And their main, and this is where I gasped audibly out loud and said, oh my God, out loud by myself in my <laughs> office. <laughs> is when we see the big football game against their rival frat and the bit, that is uh, pretty, it's uh, pretty, uh, 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 pretty
1: good. I didn't think it was going to be good. Because they, they, okay, Uh, you have to to lead this up, Josh, because they keep saying, actually, you don't even have to. The jokes, I can't even fucking make fun of the joke. The joke is so bad. You
0: don't have to, just don't.
1: No, but I was just, I was was about to to joke about like the joke, like the lead into the joke is as offensive as the joke. Everything about this movie starting from this point is awful.
0: Yeah, I mean, just like lifeless. It's the kind of like flogging of the same nightmarish like xenophobia it's just really bad it doesn't it doesn't even provoke anything in you it's just like the exact this is if you ask someone at gunpoint to write the worst possible direct-to-video american pie movie you just get anyone could write a movie that's insanely terrible but the big bit is that the rival frat are all little people
1: wow that's
0: that's the bit And if if you, like me, are like, oh, well, this doesn't bode well, it doesn't.
1: And not only does it not bode well, and you'd be like, okay, but it's just a bit. It's just like maybe a throwaway bit that they thought was funny. Because for some reason, I don't know, I wish we could have had like any of those actors join us on the show to sort of talk about the experience of being a little person and acting in this era. I don't know, like fucking Austin Powers was the king of this shit, making fun of... People like we I don't know I just feel like this seemed to be the only way to get an acting gig back then and it really sucked.
0: Yeah it's not great though I will say because of that you know this is the classic Catch-22 of what it must be like to be someone who's so underrepresented and so constantly lazily uses a punchline for their appearance but it's like. Most movies just don't cast little people at all. And in this movie, which actually employs a fair number of little people, they're given the great honor of playing little person one through six. Cool. And, and every joke is uh, using derogatory language. And that's the whole bit. Uh, I do want to quickly take a moment to say rest in power to Stevie Lee, who plays little person number four. He passed away in September of this year. Aww. You may have seen him also in Oz, The Great and Powerful and American Horror Story and Deathmatch. But uh, rest in peace, Stevie Lee, you were so much better than this movie, and we are sorry you had to do this. But the movie does give us Jordan Prentice as Rock, the head of the Little People Frat, who is easily a the one truly – well, besides Eugene Levy, who is, the, again, a god figure in our eyes. Um, Jordan Prentice is great in this movie, doing a lot of really, like, you know – hate crime adjacent stuff uh, as a punchline in this movie is actually a very good actor who gives a very good performance.
1: Yeah. And he's like one of the few people to like, I think really meet the energy of the movie and do it successfully where like everyone else is just something like cruel and uninteresting. I really, his performance was actually substantial. And while he was just mostly insulting people all the time, uh, you sort of like felt, I don't know. I just felt honestly felt more for him, especially after Tracy's just like, she ended up becoming a total loser by the end of this movie. I think he was the only solid character other than Eugene Levy that I could be like sympathetic towards and like sort of follow an arc.
0: Well, well, part of the nightmare of this movie and like the real threat of cultural fascism that we face as a country is that we're really supposed to sympathize with the Beta House guys and they're just like the most awful shitheads ever. So we're kind of like, who gives a fuck if, this, if the mean rich frat of little guys constantly beats the fuck out of them? Awesome. They yes. suck.
1: Good for you. So as I was trying to, like, okay, maybe this is just going to be, like, a, a literally a, a one-cut visual shitty gag, and then it's going to be over. But nay, dear listener, there is, like, what, a 10-minute football? Like, I would say... A tenth of this movie is a football scene about people we barely know and about a competition that doesn't matter. And it's literally an excuse just for cast members to throw little people on film at other people in mud.
0: And it's not funny. That's the worst part. Some offensive, horrible things are funny and it's an accomplishment of humor to make something that makes us uncomfortable or we know to be bad make us laugh. That's an achievement of artistry and craft. This is so far from being even the cusp of, of basic entertainment in a quote-unquote action scene that it, it's it's like white noise. It's just awful. Now, quickly, uh, Jordan Prentice is also one of the few actors in this movie, again, besides Eugene Levy, who has had an interesting career. He's in in Bruges. He's Howard the Duck and Howard the Duck. He plays Napoleon in Mirror Mirror. And he plays the giant bag of weed in Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. Oh,
1: hell yeah. We have another uh, uh, yarn string of yarn to attach to the board.
0: Right. So, I mean, good for Jordan Prentice. He, he, I don't know. He rules. And this movie is fucking awful. And God bless him. He stands at He's my MVP. A, a little slip of the why wait. I mean, there's nothing else. That There's no one in a close second other than. Jim's dad, who I think has received ample representation. That's so funny. Uh, He's
1: my MVP, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, great. Uh, Jordan Prentice, congratulations as Rock. You rocked our worlds, friend.
1: But that whole sequence, we just, I just, that's when it was over for me. I have three notes in a row just being like, Jesus Christ, this movie sucks. And it's, uh, I wouldn't say call it a shame because it's, it's like this whole movie could be erased from existence and it wouldn't fucking matter. So it's not really a shame that it, like, it didn't ruin anything. This movie was bad, but it could have been. I don't know. I think under different hands, the idea of a stiffler that's actually nice and his whole problem is trying to figure out how to be mean and maybe like also figure out how to be a kind sort of story about learning lessons through that new lens it could have been good. I think the stifflers this is ultimately a movie about stifflers, which as we've seen a few times, can work.
0: But what this movie ultimately reveals is that the imagined white suburban lowest common denominator of American life is the most vile, fascistic, evil group of people in the world. Like, that's what we ultimately discover from this movie. Like, the fact that Stifler has the friends he has should reflect on Stifler. The fact that Tracy has the friends she has should reflect on Stifler. The fact that people say casually, like, women don't think rationally. It's not in our nature. And like... Or, or, or they're like, you you know, if he fucks someone, you must now have sex against your will immediately or the classic bit of and this is something they think is so funny in the series. That's actually pretty good in American Wedding, given how much we like the characters. But like and this woman's secretly a freak and she's going to, you know, uh, whip me with chains and shit against my will. And like later I'm going to be like, I don't even want to talk about it, like casual rape joke stuff, like just everything about this that's that's presented as an assumption just indicates like something horribly wrong with our dirt society.
1: Yeah. So maybe this is a very useful, like, sort of thing to unearth. And I don't, again, don't recommend anyone watch it because it's awful. But as we, we are brave explorers, we take that onus on and, like, really dig out the dirt of our culture through love gurus, through naked miles.
0: I think that's a really good point. Like, you know, This is good work in a lot of ways because when people swing this aggressively at the worst elements of what America is, we learn a lot about – thank god this was fucking produced 14 years ago. If you produce it today, you should be killed. Thank god we have a movie like Blockers or like good sex comedies that are like preserve the spirit of hijinks and shenanigans and horniness but don't result – like just like default to this bullshit. But, okay, so we're, we're pretty far into the episode, and I want to get to the next major set piece. Uh, here's a little fun behind-the-scenes tidbit, my friend. The Naked Mile of the title refers to a real event that was carried out annually by students of the University of Michigan until 2004. The participants, mostly senior students, would run or bike a pre-designed course through campus while partially or entirely naked. The last Naked Mile was in 2004 – after the university ended the tradition through arrests and threats to students who ran.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I love how they all get on TV. Like, can you imagine that you're a fucking journalist? I know you're not. I know you hate TV. Well,
0: it does say something about TV news that the guy there is like, this just in, the latest naked mile is dope.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're all fine in love. And then that fucking catapults. Like, that's the only way they could think the story would continue is if a news... You cannot put this on the news. There's no well, and way you also, could Tracy find it. Also, Tracy
0: is an... watching the live broadcast of the Naked Mile coverage.
1: Yeah, from a that is so
0: bad. Okay. Lastly, participation in the event also suffered as it attracted the attention of internet pornography operations.
1: Oh, that makes sense. A, a running theme of this whole franchise is the like illegal use of tape, and then like airing it for, for without anyone's consent. So that right Definitely. and that was a joke
0: in these movies and like w- the world we live in today where a culture of sexual violence and repression and denial and like the amount of of unreported sexual assaults on college campuses like we just know so much about how in genuinely awful the institutions of this horrible country are today that it is like watching this is just psychotic because it, it's like a kind of emotional remove. It kind of shows like the level of cognitive dissonance that America has experienced where like by suppressing all of this like vile bigotry and violence and casual dehumanization. Like you can't laugh at this sh- at, 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 at anything in this movie. It's not possible. The chicken salad bit pops out because everyone likes chicken salad. I love chicken salad. <laughs> yeah because everything else is just the app like literally the worst shit in our culture
1: and the only i did i forgot to mention the only other joke that i thought was mildly amusing was when he in the very opening scene he rolls the curtains back his neighbors his neighbors mowing the lawn and then the neighbor knocks on the window to ask him how he's doing and then he says all right go back and do what you were doing and i just i thought that was a strange mildly funny interruption
0: well, the reason that that works and the chicken salad thing works and Jim's dad works is that what we like about hell, I'll even extend it to the fourth American Pie because again, they at least tried in that one.
1: You're being very generous today.
0: I'm yeah, I'm in a good mood, baby. I took a nice walk before this. I pissed a couple times, drinking some water. Oh, I'm feeling good. Amazing. Uh, also, I ordered slippers in the mail and they're here. Oh. The so when I go home later, I'll be putting on my slippies.
1: Can you take it's, it's a picture?
0: I'll take a, a picture. Yeah. A slippy picture. I'll take a slippy pick for my main man, Charles. Thank you. And our podcast listeners, they can see my slippies. Uh, which, by the way, is not an endorsement of the brand. We refuse to be Bob.
1: Never. What brand are they?
0: I can't remember. Like Fantasy or something? They've got a cool-ass name. It's dope. Cool. Um, in the other movies, the thing that works about them is that there is something redemptive. They, they do mm. speak to an attempt for people to grow and not be as awful and overcome the knee-jerk awfulness of straight white dudes to learn something about themselves and the world around them. And generously, Eric, I guess, sort of does, but who gives a fuck? No.
1: I want to – I'm going to Let's skip the – I know we got to the – we finally reached the naked mile on the penis competition, but we now must skip it and come back to it later because no – Eric's story is not redemptive. It is written by misogynists. It is fucking garbage. It's like the nice guy who almost fucks someone and then realized he loves his high school fucking sweetheart and then she does the same thing. The reason why the first few movies were fun, even though there wasn't that much sex in them, it is still about people that want to be sexual and they're freaks and they embrace this thing that is like something they have to discover about themselves and this movie is about fucking sex cowards doing nothing. And it's not fun. It's not redemptive. They don't learn anything other than to be repressive, shitty, awful losers for the rest of their lives.
0: Yeah, sure. Fine. It fucking sucks. It just sucks. Like, without that core to come home to at the end of these movies of like weirdly positive male relationships opening up emotionally. You're just left with like sociopaths behaving like fucking monsters and there's nothing redemptive about any
1: of it. That's a great point because what like the journey that all these people go on, they have their band of people that are friends and they're not like destructive, really. Some of them are, but like the overall goal is to have people that love each other, help each other get to where they want to be. And everyone's friends, Tracy's friends and Eric's friends suck. They're both... They like the—they're not even persons. They're just like replacements for like the little devil thing sitting on your shoulder and telling you shitty things to do. But there's no like—you don't get a sense of they're His friendship to anybody.
0: Yeah, there's like an, a real nihilism to this one.
1: Yeah, and so the ending, like the only thing he learns is like a flashback to when he rides a horse with Tracy and he falls on his ass and he's like, "I'm never gonna ride a horse again." And she's like, "I'm never gonna make you ride a horse again." And his big moment. His big knight in shining army is to army. Oh my god! Knight in shining armor is to steal someone's horse and ride it around for her before they fuck.
0: And again, it's like the one sort of interesting visual in the entire movie, and nothing comes of it.
1: You mentioned earlier that, like, for some reason, they're like fine showing cum like splashing on strangers and grandmothers, but. The only shit they show is the horse shit. I think you're right that like the dryer scene could have been hilarious if like fucking shit is just flying out of his asshole as he's sprinting away and or, or, like using like, out the dryer.
0: Or they're like, well, while I'm down here, I guess I'll start the laundry or something. <laughs> yeah, like, this is brilliant. You can do bits and then that bit is not that's in the classic vein of American pie movies humiliating shitty dudes. Right, And this movie just can't wait to get them to the next opportunity to treat women like absolute dog shit and to make fun of little people.
1: Can you imagine if, if that next scene suddenly, <gasps> miraculously, our boy, the Stiffmeister, comes home to his uncle's house and is like, hold on, I got to do a little load of laundry. And he puts on, like, a shit outfit. So rather than, like, eating the shit from the third one, he fucking wears a shit a shit suit. And that's the thing, like
0: vicious physical comeuppance is so important to these movies. Yeah. And and no one really gets it. Like the, like Coos again, like, and they're Ugh. like, that's my friend Coos. They call him that. Cause that's all he can think about. And you're like, wow, this is dope. Good ass writing. I now I'm like, just in, it's soaked in the world of the Coos. Um, you know how they
1: can tell us is good writing is because the fucking genius screenwriters decided to name him Mike Coosman. And that's how he earned, like it, it's funny because his name is already Coos. So he could just take on the Kooz name, like at least stiffmeister, you have to sort of work to get to like from stiffler to stiffmeister, but this is like literal name is just coos
0: well, and then also getting back to the stiffler of it all, you know matt stiffler he's like a maximalist stiffler. he's like, I'm not just gonna be a stiffler. I'm gonna be like an eleven stiffler, like full tilt super aggressively stiffler. Eric stiffler is like half heartedly like really lazily attempts to be a stiffler in like the most menial possible ways. And then reverts back to his already incredibly boring, milk toast self after that half-hearted effort. Yeah. So there's like, there's almost no arc to him. He doesn't even really try to be a stiffler.
1: No, he's the coward. And like, this, this is—I do admire how much they try to like always bring it back to the series. So I think there's like Eugene Levy does it well, but this like totally fails because they don't understand why we like watching the Stifflers. And fuck this movie. But I I think it's time to get to the Naked Mile and the Penis Olympics because, like, Eugene Levy comes out, and we all sort of knew this was going to happen, and I didn't really know if this was actually going to happen, but I felt it. Eugene Levy created the Naked Mile.
0: Well, I want to bring – I think you're right. Eugene Levy – I don't know. I'm so confused. Have we encountered a figure like Jim's dad in any other franchise? No, because... He's never a main character. He sort of drifts in and out seemingly at his own ah, will. Is, okay, I have he's it.
1: He's u- ubiquitous. I have it. It's uh that guy from Harold and Kumar. Neil Patrick Harris.
0: Oh my God, you're right. Holy shit. This is good podcasting. Motherfuck. Yeah, he's, Damn.
1: The, he's the... I mean, honestly, this has the most in relationship to that whole franchise. We got two actors, um, you know... Whatever their names are. Uh, Who cares? <laughs> yeah. And then this, apparently a guy from this movie was in one of those movies. Uh, Prentice, right? You said Prentice played the the bag of weed. Yeah. The great Jordan Prentice. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like that's an example of this whole style of like main characters just sort of doing whatever and it working. And then this is an example of that and it not working. Mm. But the, so the naked mile, like, okay, so here's what we've had in, in the first, in the first three movies, we've had a, extended tit sequence which you find mildly successful i've found mostly unsuccessful but i sort of appreciate that that's like a a you know it's a building block of the series you have to have the 10 minute titty sequence and try to figure out how to make that whole thing work yeah this is like literally people running around naked for 10 minutes
0: and it's like okay so i've been reading a lot about this was marketed a lot as like i'm just going to okay Here's tvguide.com. Um, it upholds the franchise's legacy for overdoing outrageousness. It's the juiciest entry yet. Like people really sold this as like the wildest one. But it's just sort of like – you're right. Like it's just people running around. It's and ugly. And people staring at <laughs> boobs. It's yeah. not exciting. It's not titillating. It's just boring and, and,
1: and exhausting. Yeah, I mean, first of all, just imagining doing it. God, I just, I'm like, I'm on the couch already. I'm not, I don't want to imagine running around naked.
0: I don't like running in any circumstance. Add naked to the mix and uh hard pass.
1: But like the other ones have had like, you know, the, my favorite, I'm going to, I'm just going to jump to my favorite is in American Wedding when you have like the two strippers and the guy in Chaps and the parents and all the stuff. Like it's, there's a lot going on just plot wise, things to keep track of, things to hide, and it's like, yes, there are tits just shown for no real reason. So it's like a funny, like, this is just what they do. They have the tit scene. But they, like, really maximalized everything else. So you're not even really focusing on the tits anymore. You're focusing on the, sh- the stupid shit that's around it. And here the creators of this movie were like, so these people seem to like tits in their movies. I guess we'll just have people run around. And they're like, yep, perfect. We'll just, you know, boys, get out there with your cameras. Let's film this naked mile. And it's like, it reminds me of that scene from Bad Boys. What was the scene where it was like the naked, the no pants party? I don't remember the no pants party. No, no, this, no, it was in a Harold and Kumar movie. Oh, you're right.
0: That's in two, I believe.
1: Yeah. In two where they're like, there's a, there's a bottomless party and there's like literally just a three minute sequence of just butts and vag. And it's like I got the same sense, it's like, all right, guys, get out there with your cameras, just film this shit. We'll just have pretty people run around naked, and that'll be the scene. And then it goes on and on and on.
0: Well, to, to, okay, to give that sequence some credit, it does give us a fascinating glimpse into the life of Jim's dad, which I think is important to focus on. Yes, a,
1: okay, yes. so absolutely.
0: Often people talk about how the Big Lebowski is not a celebration of the dude's laissez-faire, lackadaisical attitude, but rather a mournful depiction of of a former radical who has no more belief or hope or, or vision left in his life. He's simply been beaten down by society and truly the recovery of that, that carpet that brought the whole room mm. together. is more important to him than the political issues that motivated him to the low level of fame that he had back in the sixties. In this movie, we find that Jim's dad who created the naked mile, which again, in the mythology of this franchise, that's huge. Okay. He is, the, the, the progenitor of an entire title of the series was originally an anti-authoritarian gesture to stick it to the man. Yeah, And he says, he looks at what he's created today filled with alcohol abuse, rampant sexism, depravity, the Bacchanal it's devolved into, and says it's become a lot less political these days. And we hear in his voice that he's died a spiritual death. Looking at, he's created this thing and it's now a sad mockery, a sham, a husk,
1: a shadow of what it once was. Yeah, you feel it. And they sort of boo at him and tell him just to get on with it. And he does. And I think that's sort of all he can do. And its I'm glad you brought up, you know, Lebowski, because there is some similarities there. Just this idea of a, an old man beyond his time, sort of just flailing and looking at what he left behind and seeing that there's nothing he can do about it anymore. Hmm. It was, it is a devastating moment. And then he shoots that gun and oh boy, they're off the boobs. They bounce. No penises in sight. Okay. Okay. The, these movies you're
0: right are so frequently terrified of actual sex and it's a problem. And maybe in the unrated version there's, there's dicks or something, but no.
1: like, so I look, the only difference between the unrated version and this one is there is one scene of female full frontal nudity. But they, and let's be honest, they,
0: if you've seen a woman naked from the front, we've talked about this. You're getting a lot of pubic mound. You're not really
1: We've talked about the mount.
0: It's a comparatively cowardly full frontal. And I'm sorry to bring tray. it back
1: to this, but this is why the genius I brought up earlier of the, the double and rated is that you could see him from you're shaking your head. Shaking your head.
0: It's not a good idea, Charles. No one needs that. You've identified saying, something that no one needs.
1: Can you imagine, you're talking about the cowardice of a female full frontal nudity. What if you just flip that around a little bit Then you'd have a butt running at you as well as the boobs? Now that's courageous. It sure is, Charles. Sure, sure is. is. (laughs) Um, this is a bad movie. But the, so the only real change is that there's more cum, no more dick, but there's more cum in the first scene. It gets on his parents too. And he comes
0: with a, a velocity and a, and an intensity that is genuinely awing. He really, like,
1: Right, that's why his fires. grandmother died. She realized that she has birthed the perfect son, grandson.
0: Right, so potent is his seed ejaculation. He's like a she, dolphin. Surely, yeah, right, exactly, like a blowhole yeah, situation. Just fucking yeah. launches
1: that shit. Right. Um, but also, in the scene we're about to talk about right now, because we do have to mention it, is the penis Olympics. We see no penis. The unrated version has... Like Flex thousands of Flecks have come landing on the audience that's and this is horrifying. yes, it's horrifying more sex criminal behavior. This movie just passes off as a joke, but basically this the penis Olympics, I think this could have been a funnier joke, but of course, it's in this movie, so it didn't work at all. but basically, the two asshole friends of Eric think that Ugh. Uh, Dwight has given them e or something, and they pop the pills. Uh, what turns out to be a viagra or probably as like an off-brand because they don't actually mention it by name
0: right and then later coos reveals to his date who then sexually assaults him that he in fact didn't take the viagra that was just his normal erection deal it's a good bit i mean hey as peter hammond of maxim says uh the movie's hilarious sexy fun goes where no american pie has gone before
1: wow and that's what we wanted He said
0: it goes the extra mile for laughs and gets them. That's reference to the title.
1: Wait, who said this? An actual film critic? Peter Hammond of Maxim is not
0: an actual person for having (laughs) communicated that to the world.
1: So then there's an as mysterious as the football scene. There's now a 10-minute sequence where these boys' penises are put to the test.
0: And it seems to be a test of who can maintain an erection through carrying buckets of increasingly full – buckets increasingly full of beer – on their penises, and then their partners flicking rings onto their their penis. It's yes. Just, can you it's imagine? It's funny. It's The not- writer's
1: room. I don't even know how this started, but they got into it. They're like, all right, we got the beer bucket one. That's That maybe will be funny. What else can we do?
0: It, it just, to me, it feels like the thing about Bandcamp is that that's not a good movie, but- I think it's Stifler- a good movie. Okay. You think it's a good movie? Stifler fucks an oboe, okay? Right. Right. There's a dork with a robot camera. There's things that are interesting ideas at the very least if for some reason you're watching these for intellectual stimulation to think about for like a second. And this movie is just like they throw stuff at their boners. Then they do sex. Like that's literally most of the movie. Like there isn't there isn't that other – they talk about this being, oh, it goes the farthest. It doesn't go the farthest. It, it, it's, it's the most obvious. It's the shallowest. Right. It's,
1: it's – They're like, wait, oh, that ring game, you know, there's sort of like phallic shapes. What if they played the ring game from a carnival with actual phalluses? And then they thought that was going to be a laugh riot. And that's when you just play, like, that's literally like a phone game situation where you just sort of do something else until it's over. Yeah. But then you realize that it's never over because the rest of this, like the last half hour of this movie is just an endless nightmare. (gasps) Was that it's
0: something played on my computer accidentally, and I muted it?
1: What were you looking at? It
0: was something on Twitter.
1: Oh my god! You're just you're just looking at Twitter while we're recording. No, I
0: clicked the wrong tab. Okay, I'm, I'm on okay. Eugene Levy Wikipedia. It's next to the home slash Twitter tab. I clicked that one.
1: Okay, that's right.
0: Be more fucking sensitive. Holy shit!
1: Well, I just wanted to make hey, sure you're... you
0: know Eugene Levy was considered for Toby Ziegler in The West Wing. Wow, wouldn't have worked. Nope. Let's get into the end of this. We've already declared. Congrats, Jordan Prentice, as Rock. You were the only redeemable aspect of this movie and you were treated like shit for all of your hard work fuck this movie it sucks ass I mean knowing that beta house literally is a continuation of these motherfuckers I'm completely asking when will it end because these guys suck ass they fucking suck and I don't understand why they build momentum off of Tad Hinkleberry's performance in the fourth one not like doubling down on John White's insipid watery performance in this one I don't understand Am I crazy?
1: No, build off of the redemptive arc in the last one, rather than having a, like, not even a flat line, a, a a really cowardly arc that happens in this one. Like, everything that we love about this series that we has kept us not asking, when will it end, this kills it. And I will join you in being frustrated, and especially knowing where we're going as Dwight, as our main character, and Beta House as our main setting. This is going to be fucking trash. And... I own om- like I wish we could watch this together cuz I don't like watching this by myself. I'm not going to inflict this on anybody. And I'm just going to have to sit there and watch this by myself and it's going to suck.
0: Yeah, this this was viscerally terrible. Though I I did uh, produce some screen caps you can see on our Instagram that Yeah. Uh, at least the the writing of the movie is so like, it must be seen to be believed how this is, like, written out. Sometimes you see a movie and it's clear. They just shot exactly what was written. Right. And not a cent more. And that's this in a nutshell. It is the driest, shittiest thing we've ever done. Um, it's one of the worst movies we've seen for this, I think, uh, in, in league with, again, just barely above the actual excrement of the love guru. But I would say maybe the second worst movie we've watched for this show.
1: Because even, like, stuff that we haven't really liked, I don't think – like, Terminator 2, as much as we hate that movie, it has a story. It has things I can, like, watch. This is just, as you said, like, this is where I director DVD shit gets a bad rap because it is just, like, no expense given. Just fucking write a script, shoot it, and put it on a DVD, and that's it. How much money did this fucking thing make? I don't...
0: I have no idea. Well, while you look that up, I just want to say that, like, You would think that a direct dvd opportunity would actually give you great freedom. And like, yeah, whatever, get more boobs and boners in. Of course, it's American Pie. I get that. But like, this was an opportunity to go farther. And instead, they just drove the ship straight into the bottom of the goddamn ocean like a Titanic. A beautiful, beautiful Titanic.
1: Still somehow made money. Uh, $15 million budget, but Citation needed so, actually, it might be, maybe they lost. We'll never know. But uh, they did make $27.5 million in sales. Wow. Who bought well, this? Who bought this fucking DVD?
0: Makes you think. Really makes you think. All right. We are uh, depressed and tired, and this was bad as a movie. Uh, we will be back next week for American Pie Presents Colon Beta House, where these alcoholic rapists go on to their next uh trapes through tits and uh horrible shit and fuck these guys and fuck all this this sucks ass uh follow our patreon we we are really doing uh we're, we're going places there you're gonna like what we're up to over there oh
1: yeah um i just finished right before the record the tad hinklebottoms uh vehicle the curiosity of chance oh yeah and, yeah uh so if you if you were curious about you know Matt Stifler, fucking really creepy sex criminal that finds his heart at the end, what if the exact same energy was brought to an eighties international high school where everyone's speaking oh. with weird German and French accents? What if he was a gay out of the closet, drag racing? Not tra- yes <laughs> by night, drag racing.
0: Joins a fast and the Furious <laughs> style crew for uh, No,
1: sorry. Um uh what's it called? Drag Performing Drag. Performing, yeah, performing drag. Uh sensitive poet slash singer songwriter with a very nasty bully. And uh I so yes, that'll be next episode coming out after this one. And uh yeah, so it's patreon dot com slash W W I E podcast. It's only five bucks. God bless
0: you. Stay safe out there. And remember, if you meet someone named Stifler, immediately shoot them.